0: Dead Air Nation proudly presents The Bucking Cap Show live on blogtalkradio.com. And now, here are your hosts, Buck and Cap. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Bucking Cap Show here on the Dead Air Nation Network, presented to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at gnarlybeercode.com, and don't forget to use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. Welcome to the show. We've got a a lot of action for you tonight, honestly. Uh, You know how we can talk on and on and on about stuff, but um, there's a lot of uh, stuff happening out there in the sports world, if you will. We'll delve into some uh, NFL trade talk, uh, review of the NFL Week 7. And yes, the World Series has started, and I might say, a little bit of a surprise in Game 1. So we'll get into that a little bit later. And also, I wanted to talk about some of the top girl groups, the the greatest girl groups to exist. Um, You know, there's probably a fair debate out there, but I think we all know who number one should be. And if we get a little bit of time, we're going to go into the BNC Big Four that we introduced the other week, where we connect numbers to the greats of pro sports out there. Welcome to the show, Buck. How are you?
1: Buck, what's up? Yeah, I'm here. Eh, I got you. Yeah. Sometimes you got to remember to hit that um button, you know what I'm saying? Here hear you. I I'm sitting here and I'm like, hey, hey, oh, that's right, got to hit that unmute button. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cap Show. I'm here, we're having a good time, let's get it going.
0: Let's get it going. What do you say, Uh, you know, I always start off with the, you know, football, and, uh, you know, takeaways from week seven. I got to tell you there were only a couple games that I really thought were good games and we've had a slew of some good close good games I mean if you look on paper people would sit there and go wow I guess the Saints and Bears game was pretty good <clears throat> no it wasn't the the Saints were hand on you know handily <laughs> to use the word twice but, uh, you know, you get those garbage points and garbage yards at the end. It's it's like the stat sheets. I mean, when you're looking at from a fantasy football aspect, some of that's okay. You know what I mean? You're, you kind of rely on that. Kind of like, you know, there are certain teams out there, one that comes to mind, Chargers, where second half they just air the ball out. Oh, man. Uh, not necessarily this week. That's one of my games that I thought was a really good game. Chargers, Titans, Titans come out on top. I thought it was a really good game. Um, another one that I thought was a really, really good game was Texans-Colts, and the Colts pulled off a win. Not too shabby for a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett, filling in for the retired... Uh, I mean, Andrew Luck, I, Andrew I mean, I, I didn't think any of us would see that coming, honestly. You know, but he didn't look too shabby. You know what I mean? So, uh, did it didn't look too bad at to
1: all. Um, what's that? Did you get a chance to see some of the games? I did. I did get, you know, any time that uh, the Eagles are not playing – uh, early, you know, I got a chance to see other games. I did see what you were talking about. I did see some of the Colts game, and I did see that Chargers game. And uh, the the biggest thing I got to say about the Chargers game, is' it was pretty good, close game. I, I first of all, I, I like to think, or I like to say that the Chargers are underachieving. That team is better than what they're playing as. But agreed. I honestly think Eckler scored that first time. He scored on that first play at, at the end there. Um, yeah, I
0: think so after
1: that, sure. I, I I have a lot of questions for their coach Lynn. Um, you know, in the decision making to just you know without timeouts, constantly running the ball. I I didn't I didn't get what that was about, um, and it proved to, uh, in the end, hurt them, because um, they got robbed. They, I, I mean, e- after Eckler, uh, after that first uh, play, when I thought he was in, I really didn't think he had any, any ability to say that, you know, because uh, they scored a touchdown originally, uh, that he was short. And uh, after that, when they – not only did they – uh, call them short but they called them like a whole Yard short Which was ridiculous And I, I feel like they got robbed There and I, and I feel like it affected Them for the whole series there Uh, In order to get in And it wound up Killing them and I'm going to get in a little bit more On that team later as we're Talking with stuff but you know, They should have won that game Or at least tied it at the end there Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree 100% in
0: that they're overachieving, underachieving rather, hello, and, um, you know, maybe the coach does need to be looked at there, um, the team is much better than they're playing, I, I believe, um, but you also brought up the, the point with Eckler, and, um, you yeah, know, that, that comes down to like some officiating I think, once again, this year, we are seeing some poor officiating. I mean, there's there's place – let's put it this way. I think a lot of things are being left up to replay, and I think a lot of that has to do with last year's NFC Championship game with the Saints where there was an obvious pass interference that was not called. They couldn't review it. Now they had a rule change in the offseason where you can review, you could throw a red flag and ask for something to be reviewed on uh, what they're calling an egregious uh, pass interference. So it one, it's in the wording. It has to be egregious. Two, it's it's left widely up to interpretation. You know, was it egregious enough? Was that – a, um, and in and, and always these reviews There has to be Inconclusive evidence In order to overturn the call on the field Which I do agree with Because that's you know what your officiating team Should be um, counted on to do To make the proper call on the field Now as lightning quick as some of these plays happen I'm amazed at how good they actually do um, on, say, like, you know, position where the ball was, you know, when the runner went down, when their knee went down and where the ball was and some of the calls, but nobody's perfect. and mistakes are bound to happen, um, so it is good, but I think because of that NFC game, they're laying a lot of place to just go without blowing the whistle. They don't want to blow it dead They already did that. I think week one or two, they blew the play dead um, early. And of all teams, it was against the Saints. And the Saints would have had a touchdown as a result of a fumble recovery. You know, but because the play was blown dead, they couldn't review it. It was crazy, you know, but they fixed that kind of quickly. And now I think the directive to the officials is let it play out and then we'll we can always go back to instant replay and, um, you know, figure it out properly. And I think that has led to a lot of indecisive calls on the field and referees, you know, blowing some calls. And I mean, we've already had a couple of clients uh, from teams complaining about officiating. So what are we going to do? I mean, I think they got to have, Decisive rules Not these open to interpretation rules And I think you need to Do a better job In the off season Of training these referees So that they do a better job on the field But again I wouldn't want to be in their position Because some of this stuff happens so quickly I find it near impossible To To get it right Without looking at uh, A replay You know what I'm saying?
2: What's yeah, well, I I
1: I think I think it's been so bad um this year officiating-wise. You know, I I think the the biggest thing is like when I was in Vegas, I remember sitting down watching all the games in, in the bar downstairs where I was staying and thinking to myself all I see is yellow like everywhere. And I was like, yeah. these flags got to stop. Uh, they're just, they're throwing too much yellow out there. They're throwing, throwing flags way too much. Um, on ticky-tack plays, uh, oh, oh man, yeah, I was yelling like crazy. And not just at the Eagles game, which, you know, they were playing the Vikings at that point, but um, but on others as well. And it just seems like, they don't have a grasp of it and one thing i did notice is that a lot of the, it's like there's been um a change on on the refs on on the, on the referees as far as you know head referees and who's who's running the each crew and all that it seems like they've gotten a lot younger and a lot of the older guys that i remember seeing you know a ton of them aren't even in the league anymore you know, most of them are, you know, the ones sitting there in the booth, sitting there telling you, oh, well, you know, I feel it's like this, and I feel it's like that. Like, you know, the ones that you remember anyway. And so that, that's that's kind of how I uh, I took it. You know, it's like it, it, they're getting younger. Um, they're not as consistent as they used to be. And honestly, the... The solution, I hate to say, because I was against this um, for a long time, but I think the solution has to be where maybe you have a group of three people um, looking at the uh, looking at the play from up above and looking at it from you know a TV stand on the TV and whatnot, because the technology now is amazing when you see replays of of a play that is going on that's being under review, like you're waiting for the ref to say something while it's being under review, uh, you look at it and you, you can kinda even say to yourself while you're watching, whether you're rooting for the team who it's going against or not, you know, whether it is what it is, you know, you, it's pretty clear cut anymore with the angles that they can give you. So I think probably, you know, you can't do it this year. Although I, I feel like it's important to maybe even implement this before playoff time, you know, get the, you know, start the playoffs and have it where you maybe have a, a group of three judges that are up in the booth and can call down and say, Hey, listen, we got to get this call. Right. Uh, it was called wrong on the, on the field. Well, and we see up here and we say that it is what it is, yeah. well,
0: you know. Well, you know they already do that where they have officials in New York watching every single game. But the only thing about that is they're only able to call down um, to the officiating team in the last two minutes of the half or the last two minutes of the game. So maybe, I mean, what you're saying here is maybe they change that and have that, you know, availability for them to look at a play and call down to the field. I mean, oh,
1: all game, all game. I, I, I think it should be not even like a review. Like they, they call down and tell the ref, hey, listen, this is this is the call. You don't have to look at it. We see it. We're telling you right now, it's the call. Like somebody, like takes charge from up up above and says. No, you you got that call wrong. Now I I mean it, I it's think gonna have to, to be your, under discretion. It's gonna have I to think be under discretion. That goes to your point where it has to be
0: a number of judges um umpires that are looking at it because I mean that's the that's the reason for having all the officials that they have on the field is so that they can um get together and get the call right if they're getting a call from New York, you know, somebody, let's say it's one person and I'm not I'm not saying that that's how it is right now, but just let's say this is where the argument can be had um that one person calls down and says, "This is the correct play. You got to change it." Yeah, the referees on the on the field are going to be like, "Whoa, wait a minute. Wait, we didn't even get a say in that." I mean, we're the ones here calling the game. You're looking at it from TV. Come on. Yeah, you know, so the hard part is I don't think you'll be able to sell that part as far as just being able to call down and um change the call on the field. So the referees and the and the union will say, Well, no, that's what we get paid for and we need to be a part of that decision making and let you know what we saw on the field.
1: You know, that's that's the whole yeah, part the of the problem is is that so often it's going on so quickly and they're making such bad calls that I they have to do something about it. And this is this is why I said I, mean, I was always against the, it.
2: But in the I grand deal, scheme of
1: things
0: in the grand scheme of things, they're and as fast as the game is, they're actually doing a pretty good job. But I think it there's more emphasis on it now because of video technology the way it is now. It's kinda like the way social media has exploded now, you know, and and that's kind of changed our world in a way. I mean, now, you know, when they went to, you know, being able to do a booth review and throw a flag and and say, look, I I need to look at that. And it's overturned. I mean, once they started that, it kind of opened up the Pandora's box, if you will. And now, we get the luxury of sitting at home and seeing that replay and going, Oh my God, it's clear as day. It, it's just, it's so difficult. You know what I mean? But I, I, I think at the, um, the bottom line is you have to get the call right on the field. It's only fair to the competing teams out there, or you do away with it altogether. And you deal with the consequences of blown calls. I mean, For years, they've talked about the officiating uh, being scrutinized by New York, if you will, Uh, and uh, and they meet with these referees all the time. Hello, why are we still having all these issues and bad calls, you know? I, I don't want it, I don't mean for it to sound like it's rampant, but it's enough. Let's put it that way.
1: I mean, I don't think you're, I don't think sounding like it's rampant is, is saying too much at all. It's just, there's too much going on out there. Um, you know, from, from your point talking about, you know, the refs say that they have no say, I'm not, I'm not exactly saying that. What I'm saying is, is that most of those refs are not close enough to the action to actually see what's going on, whereas... You as the person at home, when you see these replays, you can see. Like it's zoomed in mm-hmm. yeah. and you can see perfectly. That guy fumbled. The knee wasn't down. The knee was down. Blah blah blah. Now I I mean just to just to throw it to a point, um, where I thought they got the call wrong. Now, I I I don't know the official rules. But when a person is down, what dignifies them being down? Two feet? Dignifies them being down, right? A knee, an elbow. Or well, what?
0: If, what do you mean when you say down? As far as being tackled and play play called down. Consider
1: it down, uh, like dead? say you get pushed out of bounds and you get the two, you get a knee in, you get two feet in, you get an elbow in, you know. Or gotcha. Well, if it's, a fumble it's happens either two in the feet, middle of a crowd. It, just to, for me to explain, if if a fumble happens in the middle of the crowd, did any of those points get get down before that fumble actually happened? Something of that nature. What is considered right. down when you have the ball, whether you're running with it, whether you're going out of bounds, whatever? What is considered you're down? Okay. That, well, that's where I'm. I'm my example theory. is coming from that because I, can I thought I can answer you because I, the rules out there.
0: In regards to a tackle, uh, it is a knee, elbow, or let's say uh, the body, the butt, something like that. If they're being tackled, any one of those go down before the ball comes out, they're down. And a lot of times they get that pretty spot on. I mean, every once in a blue moon, even after a review, they might get that wrong. Uh, But for the most part, they get that spot on. Now, regarding a catch and the person's going out of bounds, they have to have two feet come clearly in bounds before they go out, or one foot and the elbow or a knee or the butt, something of that nature before they go out. That's the rule.
1: Thank thank you for uh, this was where I was going with it, though. Uh, You know, Uh, I was trying to say there was a play in the Eagles game where Zach Ertz catches it and he's going out of bounds. He gets one foot in and then his butt touches before he actually goes out of bounds. And they called him out of bounds. And, yeah, I was arguing that play uh, from the beginning of when it happened till the very end of the game. It's one play. It wouldn't have really mattered, I guess but it kind of does. Sometimes one play like that can change the the whole complexion I agree. of a game. And I agree. he was in bounds and they called him out of bounds. And I I just saw the inconsistency. Um you know, you you can you can work with with you your actual like team that you're rooting for. You know, uh but I I try to keep I try to keep it um I try to keep it, like, um, even keel and, and, like, when a play actually is not right and everybody, you know, especially Eagles fans are clamoring, come on, you got that wrong. Like, earlier in the game when um, when Alshon Jeffery was going down the field and he kind of <laughs> tripped on a play and they took the flag away for pass interference I I immediately said I I think they're going to call that that they got tangled up and the feet got tangled up.
0: Yeah, the, I The odd is
1: that in the replay, it kind of looked more like he got interfered with. He but pushed in first, real and, time, time, and
0: then the feet got tangled.
1: He either right. he, he either
0: held time. or pushed first, and then the feet got tangled up. I was like, uh, okay, I think that should actually be called an interference. So I agree. You nailed it. The one word that you use nailed it. Inconsistency, and I think that inconsistency has grown over the years. So, why? What's the deal? What are they going to do to fix it? I mean, we could sit here and argue it the whole till you know Tuesday. But yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, what are you actually NFL? What are you actually going to do to fix that? Because We're starting to see inconsistency with the booth review. And with the technology, I mean, we just said it, Buck. With the technology the way it is now, that just shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. I mean, the hard part on some reviews, which is, again, you know, you got crew on the field. This is their call. It has to be... Inconclusive evidence in order to overturn it And there could be a whole lot Especially if it's like a goal line play And you got the guy's body And you got tacklers there You can't physically see where the ball is Even on the replay But you can speculate That he has it high on his chest As he's fallen down And that part of the body is Has broken the goal line you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of tough in those aspects, but you know, there's other there's other things that I'm like, okay, that that just should have been easily seen, you know? And oddly enough, I've got the NFL page up right now <laughs> and they just showed the Eckler play. You know, they're they're showing games and they're showing footage from all the different games and they're showing that Eckler play where his butt is like uh, falling down on the ground and the ball is like chest high. And it's like, okay, was it breaking the, the goal line or, you know, was his butt down first because it's just so quick. And then of course there's, there's like two, wait a minute. This is the third play afterwards. And, you know, they they take forever to... I think they finally called him down at the goal line. That's where he actually scored, I believe. I'm looking at it again. Yeah, it's tough to... That's one of the things I was talking about. It's tough to see where the ball is. And and here's the best part. They're showing that Gene Steratore is the rules analyst that's talking about it. He kind of drives me nuts sometimes, but I think my all-time... Uh, guy that I dislike on those Dean Baldino I just ugh. can't take him his arrogance mm-hmm. and his Cowboys fan he gets he gets things wrong. I forget what it was there there was something like he headed the um the uh referee committee, the rules committee, I think is what it is, and there were certain things that he like brought up and I was just like. Come on, really? Why are we getting so so damn technical with things? I mean, it gets to a point where you have to say, just let the guys play the game on the field. And let's get these, you know, guys that are behind a camera, you know, studying everything, let's get them out of the way. It's tough. It's tough. I just don't know how you do it without uh, pissing off one side or the other. Either you're going to piss off players and and coaches or you're going to piss off officials. But, I mean, the bottom line is you got to get the play on the field right because, like you said, and we've already
1: seen it, it will cost teams games. That's what I said. Like, even though I was against it before, I think you need an official up – uh, up from either New York or whatever. I, I don't know where, but I, I think they have to be a part of it, of the officiating anymore. I mean, they're watching the games. Now,
0: there'll be people that would argue that if you say, okay, they have the ability to call down and change the call on the field um, at their dis- if they see something, I should say not at their discretion is what I was about to say, but if they see something there, you know, hey, you know, here's the uh, light goes off. Okay, well we got to check this play. You know, much like they do in the under the two minute mark, there'll be an argument that will be had that that'll slow down the game dramatically. But in anything else, they've tested things out like in um, preseason stuff like that. You know, give it a whirl, see if it works, and if if it does, you can institute it the following year or You know, if it doesn't, you don't. you, you know, try and figure something else out, but they do have officials watching
1: every game from New York. Yeah. They need to be a part of it. And it's just anymore. The game's too quick and the guys can't get the right calls. They need to have some, they need to have some more say, uh, from, from the booth. I feel like that's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. I had it muted again.
0: I was looking at our, um, I was looking at our uh, chat room and the person's not in there anymore. Crazy Cajun came in and said, I strive to not do any dead air when live. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, we strive that too, but that's that's a that's a near impossibility with the two of us not being in the same room.
0: Yeah, well, I you know he might also be doing a play on words there because you know my thing is join us live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. here on the Dead Air Nation Network. You know what I mean? So, eh, that's that's the purpose. That's why Mr. Sinister uh, selected the name. That air nation because, I mean, it happens. It happens quite often sometimes with us. So, I mean, hey, you know what? If you can't make fun of yourself, eh, you know, <laughs> who can you make fun of? You shouldn't make fun of anybody. Let's be nice mm-hmm. people. All right. Enough of that. I'm teasing. Yeah,
1: anyway. That's, um, yeah, I was going to say, come on now. Yeah, you, you, well, you're asking the two of us not to make fun of anybody. That's, that's It's
0: never going to happen. I mean, that's what I constantly do. You should hear me in gaming. I'm just nonstop in gaming. So, and I mean, I'm not cruel about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like I don't go after somebody, but you know how we are constantly do uh, play on words, twist people's words, turn them into whatever we feel like. You know that type of thing. I'm constantly doing that type of stuff and making fun of of people.
2: Especially not guys that can. come
0: in, especially guys that come in and are like so technical about the game. It's it's like I'm, I'm playing a video game to unwind and have some fun, you know. I'm not here to. <laughs> you go well, um, you know. Interestingly enough, the uh, scaling on this map is not conducive. To being able to pick somebody up in a in proper time frame, to to see them and kill them. What? What? <laughs> yeah, you know, like who cares? I
1: sound like Ken Duckman up in there.
0: I, I know. I tried to. I I tried to, um, you know, get my inner Ken Duckman there. You know, let's let's tune in. Right. Oh, Ken, come on. <laughs> so, well, anyway. interesting
1: enough, if you. <laughs> If you did I actually I was You're pretty good. I, Beth, I was making, I was making fun of that earlier. Like at, at work we were um we were doing a a clean out. And okay. uh while we were doing out. the clean out, you know, a, a clean out of a um we're doing a clean out of a of a building, uh, you know, an office in a building anyway, and Ooh. getting everything out of there. And in the midst of it, you know, there are a couple of stress balls around. And, you know, and, of course, when you get stress balls and you get empty trash cans, you know, what what ensues is basically, you know, trying to throw the ball in the trash can. Now, wait a Happens minute. Can we, every up, time. can we back up for with a that? second?
0: Can we back up for a second and just break down what you just said? All right. Started out with. Uh, clean out, right? And then you start talking yep. about people's stressed balls. Just what the hell are you cleaning out?
1: I said stressed balls, not these stressed balls. No, not regrets.
0: Exactly, you're talking about people's yep. stressed balls. I mean, stress ball. We're, we're guys. We know what I that's know, all I, about.
1: You're, you're, I know what you're reaching you, for. Come on, man! I've I, I, I known you your life. It? I know what you try to do. I know. Let's break the you, you just before we got into the conversation, Yeah, I, like I like to do this. I like to do that. Yeah, and then right afterwards, you, you're doing it to me. I get it. Right. Exactly. I know what you're trying to do. You're not pulling the wool over my eyes. I know what you're trying I, to, I'm to do. I wasn't going to you do it. I wasn't trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Go. I'm just trying to get you to realize what you just said and how you have to be careful stressful. with your words. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mention that they were stressed blue balls. I just said that they were stressed balls,
0: <laughs> which okay?
1: quote unquote, is not really
0: a thing. You know, they broke that down. Like uh, I've read it somewhere um, that blue balls really isn't a thing. I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I don't know where you and did. I don't know where you did your research, on. but guess what, buddy? I have had blue balls before. All right. They might I mean, not look blue. Use.
0: There, there is I such think a with,
1: thing as you know the balls hurting because you didn't get your release. I mean, that's right. I'll
0: just leave it at that.
1: Let's let's well, move on. But well, what do you do? What do you do after that happens, and 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 you, it doesn't happen for you, and you got the blue balls? What do you do? You, either you do it internally, or you do it out loud. You start singing the blues.
2: That's right. That's what
1: blue. That's where blue balls comes from. It's not the color. It's not the color of the balls. When it's, I was a young it's what you sing afterwards, because, you know, once you fail in that kind of thing, you're just you're just singing the blues, man. I'm I, like I'm, bum, 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 I thought I had a change. I thought I had a change. I was a young boy and
0: I got interrupted. <couples. laughs>
1: anyway. I thought there'd be romance. Thought she'd be pulling down my pants. Oh, no. But then she said no. And that she had to go. And what did I have? I had them blue balls.
0: Anyway. All right. So, back to to football. There's no easy way to
1: segue. So, back to football. Speaking of blue balls,
0: let's go back to the pigskin. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anyway. I, I don't even
0: wanna talk about the Eagles game. I'm just gonna say it's absolutely what a lot of people called it embarrassing. It was embarrassing, and that's it. I'm not gonna get into it yeah, um
1: I can't won't get into it in depth. I will be bringing out some Eagles points as we go along with the show um but you know for right now, I'm not really going to talk about the game. Just gonna talk about the uh, state of affairs with that team uh going forth. Basically that's I, we'll get into it. You'll you'll hear me yeah. when I come up. Well let's it. let's
0: head up uh you know, we'll 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 finish up. I wanna talk about um this week's upcoming matchups. Um and what that could mean, uh what we're looking forward to, and then we'll get into some of the World Series talk and then we'll jump into your Uh, Trade talks Uh, I was looking at a bunch of stuff So there's already been A a couple things uh, Well a few things actually over the past Week or two there's been some Activity so um, I anticipate There's going to be more Activity I'm just saying But uh, this upcoming week um, You know there's I don't know the Matchups could Means so much you know what I mean Certain ones They're like oh no big Deal Um, The Broncos Colts matchup In Indianapolis people might sit there And go eh, you know the way The Colts are playing you know and The way the Broncos are playing because the Broncos have been looking awful Uh, Well That's not so close Because these two teams do play each other Very tough so you never know what can Happen um, but here's the thing I wanted to kind of talk about: the Panthers play the Niners on the road in San Francisco. By all accounts, six and O oh, uh, Niners should handle these Panthers pretty easily. I mean, you no know Cam Newton. Uh, they haven't had Cam Newton in, in weeks. Um, but they don't need him. <laughs> I, I don't think they do. That that's kind of my point. I don't think they do. And this is a prime, what you would call, upset uh, game. Panthers on the road. I mean, let's go back to, I think it was week two, Panthers were at home against the Buccaneers, a game they should have clearly won. And, I mean, should have had the opportunity to win, let's put it that way. But they just, they shot their own foot in that game. So it can happen. I mean, Plus the fact that I really want to see the Niners lose. I do. I, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I don't I
2: hear think you I've been there.
0: a... I have have not been a fan since Harbaugh took over as coach. You know
1: what I... About, I, I his brother John, you know what I compare no. um, their season to? Uh, to be honest with you, like, I compare it in the way of you know they they've had an easy schedule so far, and that's not to take away from their play because there, there's been a couple of games that you know they they did play an okay opponent, but if you look at their season so far and who they've played, um it's kind of been more on the easy side, um and you know and they're six and zero now, and I, I kind of relay it to although I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but a couple of years ago, you know, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, there, you could say that one of the reasons why was because they had a pretty favorable schedule. And it didn't look totally favorable when they were first getting into it, but they had a favorable schedule uh, throughout the year, and, you know, that really helped them, you know, with everything else that gelled right. To uh, propel themselves not only to the playoffs but to the championship. I don't. Th- I think there's too much talent in the NFC to say that the Forty ers can do the same thing. Um, but you know, for right now, they're six and zero because they've had a favorable schedule. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, I looked at some of these matchups. I mean, Seahawks at Falcons. Falcons are playing awful. One and six. Yeah, you know, and uh uh Ryan hobbled off um towards the end of that game. So, you know, you're kinda like, Okay, Seahawks pretty easily. Uh then again, the it's one of those games you never know. One thing I did want to point out, um I've talked to you before about Johnny, guy I game with all the time. Uh, he point him and I are not fans of Thursday night games think everybody knows I'm no, not. Hate I've made that pretty clear. You don't like them, but you know one of the things he said. You know, you look at these Thursday night games. I think out of all the weeks, there might have been one that was a good, uh, or Thursday night game. Um, you know, and, and matchup-wise too. This week you've got the Redskins at the Vikings.
1: Yeah, nobody's watching that game. Yeah, it's like come on, I and mean, just. I, Play them I mean all on I'll Sunday.
0: Be, yeah,
1: I'll okay, be honest with night, you. There, the with the good, there have been a couple good. There have been a couple good Thursday night games this year. You know, even with teams that are not like um, up to par. You know, or, or the classic example is uh, the Packers Eagles game. That was a really good game to watch. Yeah. Um. You know, whether you are a fan of one, one of those teams or spread. not. But there's been a couple I think there's been a couple more, like the first game um was ter- horrendous. but you know, after that you had a couple of good games. Um but looking at that it being now, said, I hate Thursday night game. I, I like it bothers me in every way. One Eagles, Packers in week four.
0: I guess an argument could be made for the Rams Seahawks game in week five. It was 29-30. to 30. Um, I just think Seahawks are a boring team to watch at times. The Giants-Patriots, eh, nope. And last week's Chiefs-Broncos,
1: eh,
0: I mean, week one should have been a good matchup with the Packers at the Bears, but that was just, that was a boring, very, very boring game. So okay, I'll 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 say two of them. Two of them were good matchups, and that would be um, the Eagles and the Packers, and I'll give you the Rams and Seahawks. Other than that,
1: I don't know. I'm not Maybe. quite sure. You didn't really mention Week Two or Week Three here, so. And who did you Week have? Two
0: with the okay, Panthers no. and the Buccaneers? That was a that was an ugly game. I mean, that was an ugly played game. It was you know, on both teams. Right. I was kinda of surprised that the Buccaneers did come out with a win and you might sit there and go, Okay, yeah, it's an upset. It's a good game because the Buccaneers but it was a sloppy game.
1: It really was. Yeah. Yeah, I I'll, I'll give it to you. Those were the only two really good games. Other ones yeah. had promise, but didn't, didn't pan out I
0: mean, Titans, Jaguars, promising game But the Titans forgot to show up <laughs> You know,
1: it's like What are you going to do? I, I'll uh, be honest with you That 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 sounds like a snoozer I, You know, I didn't get to watch the game To be honest with you But if I had, I probably would have put it on Solely on the purpose of You know, helping me fall asleep
0: There you go I, I don't watch a ton of Thursday night football, but I will check in on it periodically. And, you know, if during a commercial, um, when you're watching another show, you you go and you flip to that and you're kind of like, you know, you catch some plays. I mean, and then you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I'm just going to turn this off because it's it's a boring game. It's an ugly game because they're, the other team's getting killed. And then you get a couple good ones in there, which I thought, the Packers and Eagles, and not just because the Eagles won, the game itself was a, was a good game back and forth. Like I said, I've said it many weeks here, there's been a, a Sunday games. There's been a ton of good um, football out there so far. There's been a lot of ugly football out there as well, but there's been a ton of good football. So anyway, let's move on to World Series, my friend. Game one. Last night, were you surprised by anything?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. I think everybody thought the Nationals wouldn't do anything, um, uh, and last night they pulled out a win. Uh, yeah. What I they, there there were opportunities. There were opportunities for both teams to score more points or more runs, uh, but. You know, uh you had Max Max Scherzer going up against Garrett Cole and
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh you know, typically you would see that in in the building and say, Well this is gonna be like uh maybe a two one game or a, or a one nothing game or something like that. And uh it turned out to be five four. Um you see that a lot. And and mm-hmm. it was in Houston too. Uh, what I saw was uh, a lot of a lot of fight by both teams, you know, because you know, you know, one team was up ahead, and then you know the Nationals come up, and um, you know they manufacture some runs, you know, you saw some deep balls, and you know all of a sudden at the end of the game you're looking at a five three game, and then in the eighth inning you see Houston. Houston literally was maybe two feet away from taking the lead in the eighth inning, but it wound up uh, being short and not going out. I forget who was hitting it. It might've been Springer. Yeah, I forget. The Springer had already hit a home run and I think they were looking at it like he was going to, it looked like he might've hit another. And it wound up just short. You know, honestly, it was a play where it could have been caught too. Like it, A lot of things could have happened on that play, but what turned out happening is a guy scored from second and they wound because of a bad bounce and they wound up, uh, bringing it within one. And then you go into the ninth and that's what you want to see out of a world series. You want to see, you know, close games where, you know, it all comes down to the very last inning. So you keep watching. Yep. yep. Uh, I thought it was an exciting game. I, I did. Um, you know, I didn't I think, have really any thought process of really wanting to watch it except for just to watch it for even this show to, to comment on it. And I I wound up I wound up constantly, you know, putting it on and watching it. I was flipping um yeah. between that I and think, you know, the NBA started last night, so I was watching some of those games as well. But, you know, what I saw was pretty good and you know, going forth, you know, game two, game three, you got some good pitching matchups. You know, and it, it it kind of makes you think just how far away a team like the Phillies is. Like they they need pitching. Oh and big time. you know you're not gonna see it come too quickly. But they need pitching. Yeah. And getting back you know, to
0: what you, you were talking about with uh, World Series playoff games. what you want to see, is it coming down to that final inning? I think playoff baseball is among the best playoff um, sport because anything can happen. And usually the seventh or eighth, I mean, you could have two teams going at it all night and it being 0-0, 1-0, 1-1, something like that. And it breaks out in, like, the 7th, 8th. Once you get those starting pitchers out and the um, bullpen comes in, anything can happen. I mean, if they're going up against the Phillies, it probably is. <laughs> but um, right now, they're um, in the second inning. And, uh, well, I mean, I might need to update this. But uh, I see it as 2-2 right now. So, yeah, uh Leads to some exciting things. So um, they're keeping it close, and again, I think it's going to be another uh, good game.
1: Right, I, I, and you know what? I I think the Nationals showed a lot last night. That you know everybody, I I think everybody said that the Astros. Um, we're picking the Astros to win They just think they're the more talented team But guess what, Nationals I, I, I said right away, I was like Yeah, I, I want the Astros To win, I don't want to see the Nationals Win, but the Nationals got The pitching, man, yeah, I mean You can you can say that straight up You know, they got They got uh, Scherzer, they got Strasburg They got Corbin, I mean They've got pitchers to match up With Houston it, It's it's not going yeah. to be as easy a series for Houston as everybody thinks. And to be honest with you, you know, they really need tonight's game. If they don't get tonight's game, I think the Nationals are just in, on that roll. And they're going to pull the it off. Yeah. You know,
0: I wasn't I, – I didn't really want to see the Nationals in the World Series because initially I thought, well, it's not going to be a good – I don't think they could match up with some of these teams. Dodgers, for example, I thought, eh, yeah, I don't think they they can match up with them too well. Uh, Yankees, Astros, nope, I don't see it. But man, oh man, I, I'm finding myself rooting for them because, yeah, you know, the Astros have already won their championship, you know, and you know you got a you got an underdog story, which you know we love the underdogs. Got an under, uh, underdog story here with the Nationals, you know, making it in as a wildcard team. And, I mean, they had to play the Brewers first in order to advance to the um, wild card game. And then, of course, obviously you have to win two games in order to get – two series in order to get here. So, yeah, it's kind of – I find myself kind of rooting for them. I, I don't per se care – Who wins one way or the other but like you I I just I want to see a good World Series game any sport you want to see in your championship games you should see a good game if not
1: something wrong you know yeah I'll tell you this much I would think that (laughs) wow I got one of my uh, one of the websites up And all of a sudden, the commercial started playing. So I'm like, "Why is that playing in my ear?" And I'm I never (laughs) know. I never know if that's playing on air while it's going on. It's happened a few times. But like I'm like I'm like that. That's not coming through, is it? Of course, it's not coming through. But like I still think it. Like I'm like, "Oh, oh, what's going on here?" So that started hitting (laughs) my ear as I was trying to make a point, which stinks. Uh but what I'm mm-hmm. what I was trying to make a point is is that I think already in like what is it, the second or third inning of the second game of the World Series. The World Series this year has proven to be better than last year's Super Bowl. Talk about Both. agonizing. That was agonizing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think you might have a point there. Hey, I want to give a shout out to B T he's in the chat room with us listening to the show. He's he was in the chat room for a while, and then, um, then he, like, left the conversation. Then he came back to the conversation. Thank you so much, BT, for for joining us this evening and listening to the show. <laughs> I don't know what I was
1: going for there.
0: but I, I don't um, know either.
1: That The, he, the way he, you were voicing that, I have to yeah. say that, like, I thought you were about to play some smooth jazz.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah there you go. <laughs> Thank you,
0: PT. Oh <laughs> uh, oh he's he's having a problem listening to the show. It loads but no sound. He's gotta fix his sound, man. He's had some issues with his vent while in game. Now, keep in mind, you know, I'm doing that, you know, that voice and everything and I just started saying to myself, Jesus, sound like half a fag there. But uh, that's something we use in game all the time, you know. Um, I want to bring up a, a funny point. Last night, we were gaming with a bunch of people we haven't gamed with before. Um, and some we have. And so we're talking with a couple that we have gamed with before, only for a short time. Not not like BT. BT and I have been gaming for, God, 15, maybe more than 15 years Uh, Maybe it's not quite I don't know It's been a lot It's been a lot of years That we've been gaming together Um, But it's so funny Because Him and I will just Fire stuff off And go back and forth All of a sudden This this girl who was in the server playing Turns around and says I don't know Cappy and and, uh, Butt Trumpet Sound so much alike And he goes Twinsies (laughs) And of course I just ran with it and because we joke around uh, so much, so similar, I should say, you know, we had a bunch of people, um, you know, questioning it. They were really wondering if we were brothers. <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, a uh, quick story there. Um, so uh, it's the end of the second going into the third. It's still 2-2. And uh, I was looking here. Verlander has pitched 36 pitches. Now, 25 of them have been strikes. But, you know, he's pitched 36 pitches in two innings. I mean, I don't know. He he can handle it. I mean, but, you know, if it's a Philly pitcher, I'm going,
1: whoo. Okay, they might be up by the fifth. Pull. <laughs> Pull. <laughs> I, I, I I, think that's the way you got to play Houston, though. Like, you have to force them to, you know, get their starters. I think on both sides, you got to force the starters to, uh, you know, get their pitch count up. You know, but you also got to remember, especially for a guy like Verlander, he can deal with a heavy pitch count. But, that's you know, you also got to remember can. it's World Series. World Series, it's all out. You've seen it year in and year out where, you know, you've got a pitcher who just pitched a, a stellar, like, game six, and it's game seven, and they're like, you know what? We're throwing them in for the seventh inning. You've seen it before. Yeah. and it, Sometimes you know, it's good, so, sometimes it's not. That's, that's correct. That's you the know. thing. He can handle it. it.
0: Um. You know, Strasburg can handle it, Uh, Scherzer can... These pitchers on these two teams, most of them can handle it, you know? And that's just, like you said, it really highlights the fact that how far away the Phillies really are, because they can't. Now, I got my wish in the fact that they fired the head coach, uh, the manager. But... Um I I've been questioning whether Matt Clintak deserves to continue on as GM or not, because yeah, he landed, you know, the big name, Harper, but and and give credit where credit is due. McCutcheon, Segura, Harper. But the pitching, it, it was either You know, they were delusional in thinking that their pitching was good enough or they just totally neglected it. And let's put it this way. Their offense wasn't that spectacular. I mean, on paper, we thought their offense was just going to be spectacular. It wasn't. So, you know, I have found myself questioning whether he should be back or not. We'll see. Hopefully this year, You know, he rectifies that situation and is able to keep that nucleus intact and possibly even add another guy here or there.
1: Well, I I think the main uh, focus to them uh, hiring a new manager is that they want somebody who's not as analytical, but wants to have analytics part of their game, um, Mm. a part of, of their decision making, I guess you could say. Uh, I thought they went totally head over heels all the way in on the analytics. And I think it affected, and you see this not just on the Phillies team, a lot of teams that are going analytics, and and a lot of teams are doing a lot of analytics now. Um, You'll see, like, what I notice is, um, you know, these these guys are talking about, you know, exit velocity and, and launch angles and everything like that. Whereas, you know, you've got just natural hitters and you got to let them be natural hitters and you got to let them do their thing and what they're used to up on the plate instead of dictating. This is, you know, analytically, this is what we want you to do. And right. I think that their decision making as far as a new skipper is is solely predicated on a guy who's just going to let them, uh, you know, Naturally, hit like they like they're supposed to, like they should. And I think <laughs> and I think you're going to see a good jump on their offense, but that doesn't change their defense any. You know that doesn't yes. change their uh, starting pitching. You know, man, I I'll, I'll bring Wonderful. this question up to you because I kind of I kind of want to know your thought about this because I'm going to do a comparison. I want you to tell me which is worse. Was the starting pitching for the Phillies worse or was the starting defense for the Eagles worse so far this year?
2: Wow.
0: Both were horrendous. Wow. Okay, so starting pitching versus Eagles starting defense. Uh, I don't know that I can say the Eagles started defense because I think it lies in the defensive coordinator. I mean their um, corners are they're they're just they're a liability. I was trying to find the the proper word there, but they're they're a huge liability to us and he does an awful lot of defense packages where he has nickelbacks out there, which makes it even more of a liability to us. And others will argue the fact that You've got the linebackers. If you keep the linebackers out there, they're going to get burnt across the field. It's like, I I think, yes, they they have some holes in their secondary. Um, you know, their linebackers and their the de- defensive line is more than adequate. I believe. Um, you you know, you should be able to. You know. Um, Work this out, but it seems week after week he exposes them more and more. I mean, the league now knows they're going to they're going to certain formations and and packages to ensure that the Eagles' secondary is riddled with nickelbacks that they can burn. And it's like, and, and who cannot make a solid tackle? There's only a couple of them that really can. Ugh, you just got me a little heated up there, Buck. <laughs> uh,
1: I, 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 it's just it, it, it was a comparison question. I mean, I'm gonna go into later on uh, in the show. I'm gonna go into, you know, I'm, I'm gonna save some time, you know, in that trade talk. I'm gonna put the Eagles at the end of that trade talk, uh-huh. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay out a plan that I think they should do, um, with the trade deadline coming up. So, and oh, that's going open. to be part of my analysis there. So I'm saving oh, good. it. Good. Good. Let's
0: take a music break. And when we come back, we'll get into those trade talks. Just want to remind everybody that we're live here Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. here on the Dead Air Nation Network. Thanks to our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at gnarlybeerco.com. Make sure you use the promo code Sinister for a VIP discount. And if you'd like to join the conversation, more than free to do so, give us a call at 646-668-8869. We'll be right back after this music break.
1: Harmony of life with. Well, that's not our belief over here at HeavyHitters.com. No, we believe why should you constantly be going out there looking for a 10 when you can easily have a 3? Well, over here at HeavyHitters.com, we don't discriminate anybody. You can be black, white, straight, gay, male or female. You can even be Democrat or Republican. We'll match you up with one of our fine members. We'll take their low self-esteem and mix it with your low expectations. So visit us at heavyhitters.com because we're large, in charge, and waiting for you. Buck
0: and Cap, Buck and Cap, Buck bu- 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 and Cap is the Buck and Cap show. damn right it is. Welcome back to the Buck and Cap show here on Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Check them out at gnarlybeerco.com. Buck. We haven't played that heavy hitters clip in a while. I can't, I don't grow tired of it, man. I love it. I love that little clip. (laughs) I mean, that's just something we discussed a a long time ago, folks. Um, If you listen to our show years ago, when we first launched our show, we used to do a lot of stuff where we would uh, make up websites or products and stuff like that. And, yeah, we kind of took delight in people um, getting back to us and saying, you know, I searched, for, I Googled that, and I couldn't find it. You know, stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, that's got to be our best yet, if you ask me. I really love it. Anyway, ah, Let's get into, let's get into your trade talks here, Buck. Um, you had brought this up, and I thought, wow you know what, this, this could be a long conversation, but you know, we'll try, try not to make it such a long conversation. I mean, I will point out that, uh, that Jalen Ramsey, uh, trade, um, where he went to the Rams from, uh, what Jaguars to the Rams. He didn't want to play for the Jaguars. Quote, unquote, he had a back injury. <laughs> he comes he gets traded over to the Rams, and he plays immediately, first game. And guess what? He did pretty damn good. <laughs> Amazing recovery. Um, And, you know, I also saw, do, do you know when this happened? But apparently Patriots acquired Mohammed Sanu from the Falcons? Yeah, it happened yesterday. Okay. I, didn't, I missed Midday, yeah. it. And then... And then the 49ers brought in Emmanuel Sanders from the Broncos. I mean,
2: they're
0: not, they're not these like uh, glorious trades, but, you know, it's these small things that can really, I mean, why the Broncos are hurting, I understand. Emmanuel Sanders is probably towards the end of his career, but he's a veteran player. And then you, you put them on a team like the Niners, I mean, it's going to open up things for some of the other guys. So, you know. Then you had uh, Marcus Peters going to the Ravens, Ramsey going to the Rams. Um, both are going to help out those teams, already have. Uh, and there's a bunch of talk on the one site that I've got. Um, I just wanted to... Pit- Point this one out. Basically, um, this is from the Sporting News. I um, Who is the guy writing this article? Vinny Iyer. I don't know Vinny Iyer too well. Um, but, these are, basically, he's pointing out one, maybe two trades that teams probably should make. And the first one that he starts off with is AFC East, Buffalo Bills. That they right. should trade for A.J. Green He said we want to start with the obvious one The Bills at 5-1 look like Legitimate wildcard contenders And although they like former CFL star Duke Williams opposite John Brown On the outside Green would color them A lot more special at wideout He is still ailing from his ankle injury But he should be ready To contribute sometime soon In November That would work out tremendously for your bills if that happened, if you ask me.
1: No, you I, I have... say,
0: well, won't be ready till November. Puh. They're doing is November uh, they're doing November's damn right good. around the corner. Yeah, they're doing pretty <laughs> good pretty good right now. What's a few more weeks? You know? And then you know, he's he's back in time for that late season run. Where, you, where a team builds up that momentum going into the playoffs, i.e. basically most of the teams that go on to win the Super Bowl, but in particular, the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. They had that momentum going, and it was just like, wow. They really played on that underdog um, characterization. Uh, everybody, you know, treating them as such. So, yeah, it worked, if you ask me. How would you feel about that?
1: I mean um yeah, I I thought of I, I just know the Bills aren't aren't big into you know, big name wide receivers. Um they don't normally do it. I think what they're doing at wide receiver is kind of what they wanted to do with John Brown and and um with Beasley and Williams. Um, you know, they they want you know, dink and dunk guys. They want guys who, you know, are basically if it feels like they, they've got you know, you're one speedster. Um I mean it would be great to have a a big name wide receiver, but I don't think they wanna put out a a lot of money for one. Uh especially in the mid season and try to get them acclimated to their system, I think that's not the way they would go if they were to do anything uh before the trade deadline uh they're they're not they're not that kind of team um and, and they've not to be fair, they've not been in a situation where you know they can do something where they're going for it um but in the trade talks uh I'll bring out a name since you brought up the bills. I'll bring out basically the name of the guy who started this whole thing. I wanted to talk trade talk with you, or, or on the show, and that is Melvin Gordon. I think since he's been back uh, playing with um, the Chargers, that the Chargers have not been um, as good. Uh, to be to be honest with you, I think mm-hmm. you know getting him acclimated. I think they're trying too hard to get him acclimated. Uh, they've gone away from using Eckler, who has who did a great job with uh, Gordon being held out. And I don't honestly think they're going to sign him uh, at the end of the year. And I don't think he really wants to sign there anyway. So I think he is the number one name. And you know what? Honestly, up until today, I hadn't seen him out there on the wire. I thought I was coming with a hot take here. And and then I saw earlier that they were talking about he could be one of the guys uh, that gets traded at the trade deadline. And I'm like, come on. Nobody was talking about that. And, of course, you got to talk about it the morning before I'm going to do a show where I'm dedicating a, a, a good chunk of time talking about Melvin Gordon. thought I was going to be the first one out there to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, wrong. Um but anyway, Melvin Gordon is is my guy who I feel um not not that he will get traded, but I think he should get traded. I don't think they're gonna use him. I don't think they need him. And at this point I think the Chargers should uh take advantage of trying to get some draft. Um draft for him.
0: And I think the hard part is it, is that he's played poorly since he's come back from the holdout. Remember I told you in the very beginning? that this probably was not going to play in Melvin Gordon's favor. I think it was a big mistake for him to hold out. I really do.
1: I, and, I, I, and I think he realized that when he finally decided to come back, he knew it wasn't going his way. But, you know, as far as the trade talk goes, you know, I feel like because you brought up the bills and, uh, you know, honestly, I was thinking to myself, Just on paper, it makes sense Mm. because the Bills are doing really well right now. And the way they try to do their offense and scheme their offense, I think Melvin Gordon Gordon is a good fit in there because of two reasons. One, they were very high on Devin Singletary, and he's barely made the field because he's been injured pretty much the whole season. Uh, so why don't you take a step back from trying to do that? Let let your young boy get healthy for next season. You've got Frank Gore there, but you know you can't bank on Frank Gore all the time, but he's a nice little guy, to, you know, older guy. He still can get you yards and, and tight yards at, um, in tight games. You know, why don't you put a back burner, get Melvin Gordon in there, and, and you know, that – seems like more of a fit uh running back uh coming in melvin gordon being one of those names and uh, I was going trying to ask to, you what team what team would yeah, uh, do that
0: I mean there's there's some other teams out there but I don't think it works in, in his favor. For example, I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers could really use a running back like him.
1: Will they yeah, will they but, do that?
0: But Tampa I, I, Bay
2: you
1: know, isn't a team who should be buying right now. In, in fact, they should be selling. And I haven't. I have a name coming out of uh, their team as well um, mm-hmm. that I'm going to talk about in a moment. But as far as with uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, I thought that the I thought that the Bills made sense um, with him. I thought that. You know, and, and I'm kind of looking over teams where I was gonna, you know, say they make sense. Um, I feel like a team like the Bills, a team like San Francisco, you know, because they're six and O right now, and they they could be gunning for it too. They could use a guy like Melvin Gordon over there. Um, you know, you know he's not going to go inside his own division, so Kansas City's out of the question. Um, But, like, the Houston Texans is another team. You know, Lamar Miller is still, and Duke Johnson are there. But, you know, do you ever really hear Lamar Miller's name in a Houston Texans game? So bringing in Melvin Gordon might work in that situation as well. You know, those are basically San Francisco, Buffalo, for teams that are vying to... For teams who are vying to go and, you know, make a good playoff run, I think... Uh, see, now you Texas now you had to throw
0: that in there, so it Stanford. kind of ruins my pick. But I, I think the team that could really use Melvin Gordon right now, um, and vice versa, Miami Dolphins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know Yay! what's funny about that? Right. You say the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if you're joking at all or oh, yeah. not. Like, because you, you say the Miami Dolphins, and like Kenyon Drake is a guy who's just not being used utilized there. And I think they like Belage, the other uh, running back there. Uh, so Kenyon Drake could be definitely could be a name that goes um, in the next um, in the next week before the trade deadline. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the teams that I just mentioned, you know, Buffalo, I don't see the Dolphins trading to Buffalo, but, you know, could be a possibility. Another team that you you just don't know. See, that's why I don't think a lot has happened this week with certain teams like the Eagles and, and like, the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions are a team that if they – feel like they can make a push in their own division and, and get a wild card maybe they go for the running back since Ken uh Kerryon Johnson is out now you know mm-hmm. maybe they try to push for a running back and then you know you got you got dark horse teams that are like we're not going to make the playoffs but this might help us instead of trying to sign a guy maybe we bring him in trade for him bring him in and and try to do an extension with him instead um, so when you say Miami Dolphins and Melvin Gordon, you know that could be something that they're thinking of. You know the, the Dolphins. So that's why I said I don't know if you're joking or not. Um, well, I, but that's a team that you
0: could might do that. I think the Dolphins are basically like you had, had indicated earlier. Um, you know about the uh, Buccaneers. They're they're on a sell right now. They're not on a buy. They're on a sell to get their uh, draft picks up. Ironically, you pointed to the one team that for Melvin Gordon to go to that uh, this guy from uh, Sporting News indicated. He talked about the Lions trading for Melvin Gordon. So,
2: mm-hmm. sounds be, like somebody
1: is on the same page. You know, this, this, these were my takes before this all came out. When I read it today, I was like, "Man, come on!" That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Just wish I could have uh-huh. said it first. Right. But um, yeah. So my top, my top guy when talking trade talk today was Melvin Gordon. I thought that was um, I thought that was a pretty good piece. Now, you know, we talked Dolphins already. I said Kenyon Drake. You know, honestly, they have a couple guys. You know, on the back end, I saw uh, what's his name. I think Xavier Howard is a possibility. I think he's coming up on a contract year. He's a cornerback, um, mm-hmm. and they have a safety by the. Uh, I think his name is is it Leon Jones or Dion Jones or something like that. Um, you know, decent uh, player. Uh, true but blind. he's a guy he's a guy could go somewhere and and do some help for a team that could use a little help in the, uh, in the safety, um, you know, in the safety uh, game, I guess you could say, uh, as far as teams that are looking to, you know, maybe do something, you know, Dallas Cowboys come to mind, you know, maybe they make a move for like a cornerback or a safety, you know what I mean?
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: So, so those those are a couple of cornerback uh,
0: out there that the Eagles couldn't land. That's what I want to know.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that see I was saving the Eagles for the end. Okay. Um we'll save we'll save no, I, it. Give me your other one. I thought we'll... I thought another good name out there that I thought could get moved is uh honestly Mike Evans. Uh, from Tampa Bay, because when you brought up Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, I was like, I got a guy, and that's my guy. I think that's a guy who, you know, we we know he's a good receiver, but Godwin, I think, has proven that he's he's the up-and-coming guy, kind of like, you know, um, to make a comparison, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, last couple of years before this year, Um Coming out of Pittsburgh, like you, you could see the writing on the wall. Antonio Brown was getting out of there, because the Schuster was getting more play, and I think the same things happening in Tampa Bay, where Godwin looks like he, they looks like he's getting the push to be the number one receiver there, and you know Mike Evans, because Tampa Bay is just not going to pay him. I, I think he's on his way out. So you know, mm-hmm. I think he. Is a trade candidate. I don't. I'm. These are guys that I don't know if they're actually going to go anywhere. Um, but Mike Evans is a guy, and he honestly, before yesterday, I would have said, now the New England Patriots are a team that would make a deal like that. But then they went for Sanu, uh, which, by the way, I think was a great move because Sanu is a is a really good he's a good receiver. He's not flashy, you know, but he is really good at, you know, his route running. He's really good. Mm -hmm. He's he's just a really good all around receiver. Um, and that's, that seemed like a perfect fit. I was like, man, they did a good job of getting him. Um, so, you know, keep, keep looking out for him for the rest of the season. I think, I think he's going to do good things there in new England. I hate to say that because I hate, New England doing good things at all. But I think I think that was a great pickup by them. But, you know, a guy like Mike Evans, you know, could he go to a team like say Green Bay? You know, Green Bay has been a team, you know, with Devontae Adams. Um, you know, imagine if they have Mike Evans and Devontae Adams. But without Devontae Adams, you know, they've they've had to uh they've they're still playing good ball because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But that's that's a team that, you know, looks like a guy that Mike Evans could go to. You know, the dream is a guy like that comes to Philly, but I think Philly's not willing to pay the price to get a guy like that. Uh, so, you know, I see those two teams. I see maybe, you know, a team like – you know, even like the Houston Texans, if they want to really go for it, or even the Indianapolis Colts, you know, if they're really going for it. You know what I mean? Those are two teams that could think about also uh, getting them, Get getting Mike Evans. Um, San Francisco went out and got Emmanuel Sanders, so I don't think it's going to be them. But, you know, does a team like even the Rams, like, you know, or the even the Saints, like, Mike Evans could go places is what I'm trying to say. And that could be a it could be a smart move for Tampa Bay to do. Um because I I'm just looking at guys who their future looks bleak where it is. Um you know, a lot of trade talk, you know, around here, you know, cuz now I'm going to start getting into Eagles a little bit. Uh has been around um Von Miller being a candidate um, out of Denver and be a nice defensive end to bring in here in Philadelphia. Uh, I'll, I hate, that would be great, by the way. I would love that, but I just don't see it happening. I I don't see Denver getting rid of their prized possession. Like that. that's their number one guy out there. You know what I mean? Like, you look up and down their lineup, and you say to yourself, you know, who who is who is the franchise guy there? Because it's not in the cornerback section, not wide receiver, not running backs, even though I like Lindsey there. They do a lot with uh, using both Lindsey and Freeman. So, you know, who's your guy there? Who's your big name? It's Miller. A
0: franchise? It, it's obviously, yeah, it's obvious. Von Miller.
1: Yeah, it's Von Miller. Von Miller is going to put butts in the seats there. And so that's why I say, you know, people go with contract and everything like that and say, well, you know, maybe this is what they're going to do. I don't see them getting rid of Von Miller solely on the purpose that like right now he's the pulse of the team, not only in the locker room, but, you know, with the fan base. So I, I don't I don't see that happening. However, you know, you, you look at it and you say, you know, Chris Harris Jr. is a cornerback, you know, has been highly talked and, you yep. know, since Ramsey um, didn't come to Philly, like everybody was hoping, you know, this is a guy that's been uh, spoken as far as could come to Philadelphia. And, you know, honestly, it's a good fit. You know, I I would say it's a good fit. But here mm. is my big um, conversation piece as far as trades tonight with the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to tell you right now, I feel like they should be more of a seller than a buyer. And I've actually, you know, thought about the last couple of days coming into this show you know, what I really feel, what I would like to see the uh, the Eagles do um, during this trade deadline. And I, I think they need to sell some guys. I think, um, you know, I think they need to see basically what they can get um, for, you know, Alshon Jeffrey. I love Alshon Jeffrey. You know that. But. I think that's a good trade bait kind of guy for them where they can get some picks and get younger. Um, I think Nelson Aguilar is a guy you just need to get rid of. Like if you can't, if you can't get him to another team, then right after the trade deadline, he should be cut. Um, But if you can, if you can pull off a trade kind of like the Rams did where they got rid of Peters, but then they brought in Ramsey to kind of fill in his spot. I think that's something that the Eagles should try to do as well. So if you're going to try to get a guy like A.J. Green, or or like even I said Mike Evans or whatnot, and bring them in here, you got to try to sell off Jeffrey. And I think it I think there could be a a market for him right now. Uh, so I'd like to see them you know look into you know definitely getting rid of uh, Aguilar, but maybe even Get rid of Jeffrey too, and then I'll what I want to see them do. Uh, what's that?
0: I I would stipulate if they're going to get rid of Jeffrey without bringing another um, number one receiver into Philly, then that's you, you're 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 announcing right there that you're in a rebuilding uh, phase, which I don't think they need to be in a rebuilding phase because. You know, you, you have a young quarterback in Wentz. You, you have a, a lot of good players um, there. If they did something like you were just suggesting with uh, Jeffrey to bring in someone like Mike Evans, I would love Mike Evans here, um, I'm all for it. But I do agree with you as far as uh, Nelson Aguilar goes. Uh, that he's, he's not being used as much. Um, as before, so he might actually get a little bit of value. I don't think he's going to get a lot because I think there are um, GMs out there that are smart enough to know, well, gee, why are they getting rid of him? Because he drops balls. <laughs> but right. um, well, anyway, go go to your next I, point. I apologize. I had to just break in on Alshon Jeffrey because I do love him as well, but if you're going to get rid of your number one, Receiver, you need to be bringing somebody in to fill that spot, like you had just mentioned with the Rams, Peter doing with Peters and Ramsey,
1: right? And and, and I, that would be the most ideal. Um, however, you know, you were talking about a rebuild or whatnot. You know, I honestly feel like they they gotta kind of cut some fat here. You know, and maybe not in the mid-season. That's why I said if you're going to – if you look to see if you can get rid of Jeffrey, if you're going to bring another wide receiver in. um, You know, but if you want to keep Jeffrey, I feel like a guy you can get on the cheap is uh, like a Devontae Parker out of the Miami Dolphins because, you know, that's a guy who's quietly not, you know, lived up to what they want him to live up to. Um. I feel like that's a guy who could come in here. I feel he's young. He's got speed. Um, and, and with with the fact that Deshaun Jackson's been out, I think that has really been very um, telling of, you know, what they wanted to do on offense. I feel like, you know, people keep complaining here about how the offense is. Uh, first of all, I'm going to sit there and say that you really need to look on the defensive side of the ball because the defensive side of the ball has been horrendous, all right? You're you're talking about a team that the Jets, they let up six points to the Jets. Okay, that's fine. But the rest of their games, no matter who it's been, they've let up 24 points or more. You can't do that. You know, you've got the last two games you've let up close to 40. And to good teams. So my thing is, is that you need you need to, um, you need to get better defensively. And everybody talks about, like they were talking about Jalen Ramsey, and they were talking about, you know, now we're talking about Chris Harris, and everything like that. First of all, I I don't foresee them making a move until after the Bills game, but they need to win the Bills game and they need to think about buying anywhere. I think uh, that's why I was like talking about they should be more of a sell team um, because there's guys on the defensive side that I think they you know should be looking to sell too, uh, big names too. I, I I think um you know they should see if they can get some value out of um Malcolm Jenkins. I think there's another guy you know he you can look to see if you you can uh, maybe get him off of the team. He's getting older. Um, his signing issue, I think has been an issue with his play. He hasn't played very well this season. Um, and I think the whole signing thing has been bothering him and he's just not playing up the par, uh, and he's older. And I think, you know, you got to look and see if you can get some value out of him. Um, and I think you got to look into, if you're going to go cornerback, I think you can't just go cornerback. I think you got to look on the line, and you got to see who's out there defensive end wise. I think the number one thing they should be doing is calling Chris Long up um, and saying, "Hey, we need you back, and we're going to give you plenty of reps. So be prepared for them. But we need you. We need your presence on there to kind of put some pressure on the quarterback and and try to write up." And get our locker room going again um, In a positive direction And I think Chris Long Is the perfect guy to do something like that I think they need to be talking to him Right now And saying hey What do we need to do to get you back And I think They need to do something else on the line Like whether it's get another defensive end in here Because they're not cutting it You know I love Brandon Graham But you know He's not really cutting it this year and Barnett has not really been cutting it this year and Vinny Curry's not cutting it and you can go on and on with that and I know what they pro- what they were thinking defensive tackle wise but they're so decimated and hurt there and one guy that I think they can bring in here if they're going to buy is Leonard uh, Williams who is from the Jets that might be a guy they can sneak in here Excuse me, I got a cough. <laughs> um but sorry about that. But anyway, it I, I feel like if you're going to do any if you're going to bring in a Chris Harris or give up on Patrick Peterson, I don't think it's happening. Um, Chris Harris is your best bet, but there's there's other guys like that, like Xavier Howard from the Dolphins that you can bring in here that are maybe a little bit on the cheap but better than the guys you have. Uh, and if you're going to do that, you know you don'll get getting a defensive end or a defensive uh, tackle in here as well, and and work your way there. I think you need to focus on your defense before you focus on your offense because everybody's talking sexy pick, bringing another wide receiver in here. Well, last year they brought in Golden Tate and he really didn't pan out. So I think you need to look in the direction of the defense and correct that get less points coming off on the, uh, you know, get less points uh, being scored on you, which I don't think that'll be an issue this week against the Bills. That's not the kind of offense the Bills have. But you you need to, you need to focus on the defensive side of the ball in order if you think you're going to make the playoffs again. Because right now, they lose to the Bills. They're not making the playoffs. And right now, they're on thin ice. So I really think they need to think – wisely and maybe cut some salary and, and maybe get some picks um, when they're, you know, working this was- roster around and not do a complete rebuild, like you were saying, if they get rid of Alistair and Jeffrey. But, you know, get some new blood in here. I think that's what they need to do. Trade deadlines are right around the corner. You know, my, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, I, I brought out Mike Evans as one guy. Melvin Gordon is another. Um, Those guys haven't been the sexy talk picks. You know, Manuel Sanders was one for wide receivers. A.J. Green has been one. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, hey, I don't disagree with it. I just think – I I tell you what I do think, not for the trade deadline, but I think guys that you could look to trade – and I'm not just talking about the Eagles, I'm talking about in general in the NFL, uh, at the end of the year are some quarterbacks. I, I think Cam Cam Newton is a guy <laughs> Carolina should trade off. I think they've proven that they can yep. win without him. And another guy is Andy Dalton. I, I think his time is up in Cincinnati, so uh, I'll be honest with you. In a crazy scenario, I thought if you bring A.J. Green to Philly, you should try to see what it's going to cost you to bring Andy Dalton to Philly as a backup. Wow. You
2: know
1: what I mean, hmm. yeah, I, I don't think at that would ever happen but, at the wow. end of the year, but uh-huh. I thought to myself, that is a good backup, right? You could get him on the cheap, but I think it's proven. And I think it's, it's long overdue that that guy should be put in the backup situation. It's coming. Why not Philly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not Philly?
0: Why not? You laid out some good stuff there, Buck. That's for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you about the a couple of things that the this article had brought up. One of them being, Arizona Cardinals trading cornerback Patrick Peterson. Not going to happen. That's what I say. That's what I wanted to get to. I mean, it's real quick. It's easy. I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, you could you could sit there and wish on a prayer, but I just don't see him leaving Arizona. So.
2: Well,
1: I, I mean, quite frankly, if they had lost – Two games out of the last three instead of winning all three of them, maybe that's a conversation to have, but right now you know they're they're looking at uh, what is their what is their record right now they are sorry. Arizona. they're three three and one mm-hmm. at three three and one i don't sit there and think that they're going to sell their best Cornerback. Agreed. They're not going to agree.
0: That's why I brought it up because it it was kind of crazy talk. I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. Which, by the way, that should have been a loss for the Cardinals against the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions basically allowed them back in that game to
1: tie it. It was very disgusting. Anyway, very true. And, and and you know what, the Lions are proving to be a better team than people thought, especially defensively.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean now if they could only
1: get their offense on board with that. Right. There there's there's players on a lot of teams. I, I you keep going with the report because I kind of Yeah, I oh here's I, I wanted one. to lay out players who they're not talking about. But you know, let, let's throw down some players that they are talking about. Here's one that'll make you think a little bit.
0: But knowing, I think you'll probably be rating right tune with me. But I'll bring it up. He indicates that um, the Patriots should trade defensive end Michael Bennett. They indicated that you know he doesn't quite fit the Patriots' way. And they're doing just fine without him. You know, thanks to um the rookie they picked up, Chase Winovich, I think. Anyway. Um you read something like that, and I'm sure a lot of people go, Huh, he did pretty decent with the Eagles. Would the Eagles bring him back? Could he fill that void?
1: Nope. No, nope. they won't do
0: it. I say no. Too much bad
1: blood. <laughs> yeah, Too much bad I blood. Say no. And, and you know what? He's proven to have bad blood throughout the league. So,
0: yeah, with you know, what, he, whatever team he leads, you know. So. Right. So,
1: no matter what, I still feel like he's got some good football left in him, but I just don't think teams want to deal with him. And I think that's kind of where it is. Like, you know, Patriots are his last stomping ground. I, I think out of that, you know, maybe somebody takes a push on him maybe somebody like the Oakland Raiders. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I really don't see there being any kind of um, sexy thoughts of picking him up by anybody in the league. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, he also indicated that uh, the Colts, should be the team that trades for Nelson Aguilar. hmm. What um Do you think he would here's the do you thing. think he'd fit into that Colts? I, I mean the thing about that is he's done better as that slot guy, if you will. Um, and because of the injury to Deshaun Jackson, they really aren't using him the way they were before. With T.Y. Hilton there, you know, being that explosive uh, option for the Colts, he'd be back in that role as a slot uh receiver. And well my thought you know, you got Frank Wright there, so you know, could work out. Could work out was, well. That's for the Colts. where I
1: was that's where I was going with that because if you look at it, um Nelson Aguilar probably had his best season in twenty seventeen. And who was the offensive coordinator, but Frank Reich so right. that that right. I could see where I could see where they m- make the comparison and the and the correlation and here's the thing about Nelson Aguilar. I don't want him on this team anymore um <laughs> he, they, don't yeah, they, they don't use him. they they don't use'em they don't try to use him um and when they do try to use him, he either drops the ball i I think his just mindset isn't for here anymore. I think he's already on his way. Thought process out, and I, and I thought they should have done that instead of giving them nine million dollars uh, for mm. this season. Yeah. So that's why I I love the fact of getting rid of Nelson Aguilar. If you can get rid of him somewhere, I I love the fact of you know trying to make that happen. Um. And you know you're right. The the Colts are a team where he he could fit in because he knows Frank Reich, um, and I'll be honest with you, I don't wish no ill war, ill will towards him. I just want him off of this team. But I'd like to see him have success somewhere. You know, I think he can have success somewhere. You see that he has yeah. the talents. Maybe he just needs a different scenery. And see, maybe that's where they need to go with it.
0: I wouldn't mind if that opened up, you know, they, they trade him to Colts and, and grab a pick or something like that use that to, to get um, the cornerback Chris Harris Jr. from the Broncos.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, I mean, that's good. I, I Here's the thing. I, I He's the sexy name out there. There are other guys that you can get in here that are not as sexy as the name Chris Harris Jr. Because let's face it, at this point, that's their number three thought process anyway. They wanted Ramsey. They didn't get him. They didn't value him more than, like, say, the Rams. Um, <laughs> they wanted Patrick Peterson. Arizona is not going to get rid of him. So not gonna you know, now, where are they at? And, and, and I, I'm, I'm dead honest in thinking that one cornerback ain't going to change the defense here. You need I to agree. do something. You need to think defensive end too to get some pressure or defensive tackle to get some pressure on the quarterbacks uh, to help those corners out there. Um, I agree, but it's a start.
0: And, you know, let's face it, you know, when it comes up around trade deadline, you're not, you're not plugging all your holes um, at trade deadline, but uh, someone like Chris Harris Jr. Or even Logan Ryan from uh, the Titans, um, is better than you know what they have right now. Hell, they they could I wouldn't be a proponent of this, but I mean, they could go after Janoris Jenkins from the Chiefs. The Chiefs and the Eagles kind of have a history there, and uh, you know, mainly because of Andy Reid, I think, but they've they've, they've done some the Giants,
1: Janoris Jenkins is the Giants, right?
0: I'm sorry, um. Uh, the, the, the,
1: the, yeah. The,
0: yeah, from the Giants. Why did I just say the Chiefs with um, Andy Reid? I don't know why I was. Maybe it's because of the video that was playing with the with the Chiefs in the uh, Broncos game. <laughs>
2: but, I mean, it could be
1: possible. Um,
0: I don't see that happening either because I just don't see that the um, that the Giants would do that. But I mean you know a guy like uh, Chris Harris Jr or, or even a Logan Ryan would be a much better option than what they have now at least those guys can make a tackle
1: yeah no i, I agree with you we <laughs> it's funny cuz you know we'll always come back to to the local team and i i think i think we're kind of saying the same thing. We're, we might be going in different directions as how we feel this team needs to be fixed, but we wanna We just we don't want to go through another half of the season in football watching this team the way they are. Um, because right yeah, now, I mean, right now is the important time. I, I really I don't think they're making the playoffs, but I I really feel like these next what four games, you know, right? They got they got the Bills, the Bears, Patriots and the Seahawks. After those four games, you know, you need to beat the Bills. I think Yeah. You hope that they can go two and one uh uh in in between with the Bears. I think they can beat the Bears. Uh that that's a team I that needs some desperate help on offense. And um and then they should uh, go up against the Patriots. You know that could be that could be a loss, but then again, that seems like one that's one of those trap games where they can pull that off and actually beat the Patriots. Well, it's and then silly, you got the Seahawks. So it's a
0: possibility. You
1: know, and they've always yeah. had trouble with the Seahawks, no matter whether it's here or out there. So Agreed. lately, anyway. So if they can pull off two and one against those teams. Um. then basically the rest of the season, if they can pull off just having two more losses, they might have a chance at the playoffs. But I think that's where you're at. I mean, like, you, you've left yourself no room. And I can definitely see them being buyers, but I just feel like maybe they should think about doing more of a sell. That That's, that's yeah. where I'm at with that.
0: I think you and I – are probably more on the same page of fixing this team than, than you might realize. However, I just don't, I just don't think it can be fixed through trades in the mid season because you just don't land. You just don't let's put it this way. They have way too much need to fix in order to be able to pull that off. You know, it's gotta be, it's got to be a combination of, you know, getting somebody in this trade deadline, getting some, you know, getting somebody who adds value to the team immediately, um, and maybe something like with Nelson Aguilar, um, where you're getting trade picks for the off season, and then in the off season, you you got to focus on your draft, and you got to focus on your uh, free agent signings. Right. That's and that's what they, that's I mean. How they'll ultimately fix the team, but I don't think you and I are that far off on it because we're both on the same page with the defense. We know that, and you know that's why I think you know if they if they can get, I don't think they can do it. I, I say this. I say what if they can do this, but I don't think they can do it. I don't think a team's going to be willing to do it with them, and I don't think they are willing to give up anything to, to get, or, or maybe even they really shouldn't give up um, certain things in order to get a good corner. But if they could get a, cor- uh, a good corner in this trade, young, and, and then maybe a draft pick or two, right, from other stuff, then in the off season, you know, and, and some of those draft picks might uh, go into the off season, but, then in the offseason, they can work on the other stuff because the defense needs to be addressed first, and then you can go to the offense. Right. I agree. I mean, now you're... let me ask you this is part of that a change in defensive coordinator? Because I know last year you and I were talking about this, and you had brought that up, and I was like, oh, no, I don't think at this moment, I don't think it needs to be done because Jim Schwartz is is a good offensive uh, defensive coordinator. Um but I mean each game I'm kind of looking at things and going when are we going to address the fact that our secondary is so exposed? When are we going well, to do stuff to protect that to to minimize more more so to minimize our risk at that position?
1: Yeah, well I'll I'll say this, you know, going into that part of it. Um I feel like uh with defensive coordinator, you know, Schwartz, he's annoying. He's been annoying. But then again, has he had the players that he needs to do his system? You know what I mean? Um I I feel like if there's nobody else out there then it's not worth taking the risk of just getting rid of them to get rid of them. Um, Oh, no, I I agree with that. But the thought process, that being the thought process, you got to look and see some of these teams where they might be going. Like, um, for instance, uh, the head coach of Denver, Fangio, if he winds up not being able to keep a hold of that job and they look to get rid of him within after one season, there's a guy out there that I'd say, you need to talk to him. Uh, the head coach for the Chargers is another one. Lynn, there's a guy that, you know, because he's a defensive-minded guy. Um, I think maybe that's something you need to think about, you know, maybe even talking to him if he winds up going to the Chargers. But other than that, you know, where where are you going to go as far as defensive-minded uh, coaches, good defensive coaches out there? You know, are you going to take a flyer and, and, and see if you can get one of these, you know, up-and-comer guys? I, I don't know if you do that. I think maybe the best part is to stick with Schwartz unless something better is out there or, or something, you know, name-wise better is out there. Uh, well, I think – I think the more important question.
0: Go ahead, ahead. finish your point.
1: I think the more important question is: you need to get rid of the offensive coordinator, and you need to bring in a guy who's who's better at it.
0: Yep, I'd agree with that. Uh, You brought up the fact that um, Schwartz doesn't have the players for his uh, his system, and you know I would agree. Uh, with that in in the most part. But I also believe that coaches, when you're exposed this much, when this is just, I mean, we're at a point now where it's like, you know, come on guys, you know, are we hitting the panic button soon? Because it's that bad. You've got to adjust your, um, you know, your play calling in order to minimize the risk. We're down, we're under a minute left in the show, so we'll need to wrap it up. I was looking at that. Um,
2: just want we to thank everybody for this. tuning
0: in <laughs> and listening. Uh, just a reminder, we're here Wednesdays, 8 p.m., live here on the Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at com. Use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. We'll see everybody next Wednesday evening. Have a good night. Don't forget to
1: visit heavy